Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. It really is my privilege and my honour to be sharing with you on this Easter Sunday 2018. And um, I just want to share with you just a few thoughts this morning around one, what I believe is the greatest question that anyone can ever ask, the greatest, most important question you will ever ask in your life. And that's the question of who is Jesus? Because your answer to that question will literally transform the rest of your life. Your answer to that question will see you move in a course this way or in a course that way. And I want to talk about some of the, the, some of the practical things because there's a whole lot of different thoughts out there around who Jesus is, right? You've only got to you know, spend five minutes in the world and understand that there's a whole heap of different views. Some people think Jesus was just some nice story that happened way back. Some people think he was crazy. Some people think he was the son of God. Some people put their faith and trust in him. Some people just think um, it's, 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 it's all a load of garbage. There's lots and lots of different views out there. And I guess I come to a point in life where I had to well, why do I believe in Jesus Christ? Was it just because I was born in church? I don't think I've ever missed an Easter Sunday um, in church. I've grown up in church and I love Jesus. But why? What, what, what are the reasons inside of, of why do I actually believe what I believe? Because we, we live in this age where we are so um, surrounded by so many different thoughts and beliefs. We, we have people like Oprah. God bless her. Love her. She's great. But they have this ideology that, that kind of says things like, well, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and it's all okay. But the thing, there is a truth and his name is Jesus Christ and he's the reason why we're here today and he's the reason why we celebrate Easter. And so I want to share with you a few thoughts around that passage that Dan read out this morning. And I want to share with you a few, few thoughts around why I believe what I believe about Jesus. And I guess... To believe in that story that Dan read out, to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is to believe in one of the greatest miracles of all time. And from just simply from let's just, let's just go back for a minute. Let's simply from a historical um, perspective, from an historical document that we have, uh, we actually have the Bible. What we find with most history is that. The history accounts that we have were written by one source, by one person, and they were written centuries after the actual event took place. But when it comes to what we know about Jesus coming and living and dying and rising again, we have four different accounts. We have the Gospels. And they have withstood all the scrutiny that historians have placed. On all, all, the, all the scrutiny, all the tests that historical documents go through, the Gospels fly, the past with flying colours. There's more evidence that Jesus lived and died and rose again than most of the stuff our kids get taught in Scripture. All the accounts are somewhat different. And then we have the Apostle Paul, and then we have the 500 people that Jesus actually appeared to, all confirming that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's not some crazy man. That's not just some legend that happened years and years ago. We have... The Jewish culture. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but this is pretty radical, right? If you can imagine that the Jewish culture was, was the religion of the time, and 
And, and, and so you can imagine living in that culture, turning up to the synagogue. Jesus himself was a Jew, went to, went to the synagogues and learned things as he, as he was growing up. But this was their culture. Everything they knew about God, everything they knew about religion, and they were pretty strict in what they did. And so, they, so, so God was up here and, and we were down here and we have all these things that we do to, to try and connect with, with God. And now suddenly we have this Jesus guy rock up saying that he's the son of God. What we do know is this, that by the end of Jesus' ministry, by the end of Jesus' time on earth, the Jewish culture, many people in the Jewish culture had actually shifted their perspective and it had begun to see Jesus as the Son of God. That's pretty radical. To shift their whole theology of what they know about God and now suddenly they are putting their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They see Jesus as the Son of God. And the resurrection was one of the main reasons that saw them actually shift across and actually do that. In the Jewish culture, it was considered blasphemy to put your faith or your trust in any person other than Yahweh, other than God. It would be considered blasphemy to do that. But to put your faith and trust in this guy that rocks up on earth, now that's a pretty radical kind of story right let's look at the disciples for a moment they went from being scared in the upper room not showing how everything was going to work out to to hiding out around the city while Jesus was being crucified they went from hiding out and being scared to becoming this army of preachers that declared that Jesus is the risen son of God laying down their life putting their lives on the line to declare and preach the good news. Now, you don't do that kind of thing for a publicity stunt or to gain a few extra followers on Facebook, right? You're putting, actually putting your life on the line by declaring this in the culture, in the time that they lived in. So what possible benefit... Could the disciples, could the Jewish people, could the people of Jesus' time, what possible benefit could they have had by making some kind of story like that up? They certainly didn't benefit in any way, shape or form. They benefited through being introduced to the Son of God. But in a cultural setting, many of them were actually, many, many of them actually persecuted and died themselves for believing what they believed. They were very sincere in what happened. All the accounts, they were very sincere in what happened. And no one in the Jewish culture, no one that believed in Jesus and was proclaiming that Jesus died and rose again, actually renounced on what they actually did. Sometimes after the event, some people actually make a bit of a backtrack, but no one did that. And there was a whole heap of religious people trying to prove this thing wrong. And yet none of them did. And I guarantee you there would be some evidence if that was the case. The problem is this isn't just a nice story about a guy from way back. Jesus Christ, as Ray said, was an incredibly public figure. He was a bit of a celebrity of the day. Jesus' brother was actually there. And those that were closest to him were preaching this miracle that Jesus had came and died and risen Again, they were preaching this miracle in the same towns, in the same time frame as Jesus actually hung out in those towns and ministered. If this was to happen today, there would be posts all over Facebook, 
and Instagram. This morning, our feeds would have been going absolutely berserk of pictures of, of Jesus and his, his wrists. And, and, and there would be no denying it today. There would be posts everywhere. Our, our news feed would be all over the news. It would be all over the media. It would be absolutely everywhere. There would be no denying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he has risen again. That's what it was like in those times. This is the greatest evidence that Jesus is who he says he is. That he died and he rose again, that he's the Lord of Lords, that he is the King of Kings, he's the Son of God, he's the Word of God, he is the Saviour of the world, the God Almighty. He's risen from the dead, that you and I would be forgiven and raised up into new life in an eternal relationship with him. This is the best news possible. The resurrection explains that Jesus is the exact representation of who God is. It says in John 14, and you might know the story, it says, Thomas said to, him, said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip, a little bit slow, says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus responds, if you know me, you know my Father. Proving simply that he is God. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church. But if I'm honest, I had this picture of God being this authoritarian kind of deity in the, the sky. And that he was often a little mad at me and a little disappointed in me and, and maybe a little inconvenienced by me. That was the picture I had. I had encounters with Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. And I'd accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. But underneath, I still had this view of God that his will for my life was was like this this tightrope and, and and I was only saved as far back as my last sin and so as a young teenage boy you, you you know you're messing up a little bit right and so you saved and then unsaved and saved and unsaved and eventually I just got to the point where I'm like oh my gosh this is all just too hard I can't do it but bit by bit over the years God's been chipping away at that picture in my life and replaced it with the God we see on the cross of Jesus Christ. Some of the most significant moments in my journey, in my life, have been moments where I've had it out with God, where I've just got real, where sometimes I've approached him and I've just been angry. God, what's going on? I don't understand this. Is this whole thing real? Is some of the most significant moments in my life are when I've just got real and just got honest with God. Because when we get honest with God, he can get honest with us. Some of the most significant moments are those times where I've just stood and said, God, I'm not good enough. I don't get it. And then I begin to read things like Romans 8. Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hold, hold on a minute. What? What? There is no condemnation. He's not mad at me. He's not 
pointing his finger at me. He's not, really? That wasn't my picture of God. And then we go on to other passages like in Second Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. Wait, what? He's not keeping a book of tallies with my sins in it? It's not the picture I kind of had. That he actually really does care about me, that he actually really does want to be reconciled with me. And, and that's what Jesus did. Really? As I begin to hear verses like this, slowly God began to chip away at that authoritarian view of who God was and began to reveal the true picture of God revealed in Jesus Christ on the cross. When we get real with God, he can get real with us. I began to discover that the God revealed in Jesus Christ, a God that really does love me and accept me despite my behavior despite my performance a picture of God whose love for me is so much greater than my sin a picture of God whose mercy wins out over any judgment a love that washes away all sin a love where there's no condemnation a love where there's no judgment a love where there's no fear a love that makes all things new and all things clean and makes me clean a love that has no conditions no boundaries no exceptions no fine print it couldn't be more amazing than it actually is. A love that's greater than your darkest moment. A love that's greater than any evil you will face in this world. A love that surrounds you and, and, and comes about above and beyond any of your greatest fears. Greater than your greatest loss. Greater than your greatest hurt, your pain. A God that conquers all things and overcomes all things. This is the God that set us free. This is the God that has raised us up out of that stuff, out of religion, out of, out of whatever. And so if we want to know what God is really like, we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. We turn our eyes to him. And we completely fix our heart and eyes and minds on him. This is what it says in Hebrews 1. The Son... Jesus Christ radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. I love that. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything with his mighty power of his commands. When he had cleansed us from our sin, he sat, sat down in the place of honor at the right hands of God. Jesus is the full truth. He's not part of the truth. He's not just a little bit of truth over here and over there. Jesus is the full truth. He's the radiance of God. When God puts himself on display, it looks like Jesus Christ. I want to invite the team to come back up. And um, just as we begin to wrap things up this morning, what it means is this is that you are loved beyond measure, without conditions, with a perfect, unshakable love. You. It's who God is. 
And I don't care where it is you find yourself today. And that's not to say I don't empathise with your hurt or your pain or whatever it is that you're going through. But I don't care where you see yourself on the sin scale. You are loved with an unconditional love. I don't care whether you see yourself as a big sinner or a little sinner or whatever. It doesn't matter. God's love for you is abundant. His heart is for you and not against you. I don't care if you have a shaky past or you're drunk or you're drug affected or you're tall, you're skinny, you're dark or you're white. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ's love for you is abundant. It's unconditional. There's no boundaries upon it. Nothing can stop his love coming towards you. doesn't matter if you're Catholic or Muslim or atheist or Jew or Pentecostal or Hindu or Buddhist. You are loved with an unconditional love. It's not about the 10 marriages, the abortion, the 140 affairs. Nothing can stop or hinder his love for you this morning. Jesus Christ wants to raise you into new life with him. It's not about us. It's about Jesus and the love that he has for us. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. There's nothing you can do about it. If it sounds too good to be true, then good. Because maybe we're beginning to catch a glimpse of how much he actually does love you. If it sounds too good to be true, it's actually better than that. So much better than that. And what I've discovered is this is that all that's left for me to do is accept it and receive it. He wants a relationship with you this morning more than anything. Whether you find yourself close to him this morning, whether you find yourself far away from him this morning, he wants to be reconciled with you. You are his precious children. When I began to receive this unconditional love, it began to set me free in a way that religion and rules never could. He wants a relationship with you this morning. When we begin to accept this love, we begin to see the true God revealed in Jesus Christ. We begin to draw closer to him because we don't see him as this authoritarian guy up in the sky pointing his finger. That's not the Jesus, that's not the God we see on the cross. The God we see on the cross, Jesus Christ lays down his life for you and for me. Lived a life of sacrifice and service that you and I might know him and walk out our days with him. So let me finish by asking the question, who is Jesus Christ to you this morning? Who is he? Is he a myth? Is he a legend? Or maybe today something sparked in you and you've begun to see the true, the true God, a God that actually loves you and he's passionate about you. You know, in one of the accounts, when, when the tomb was left empty, the, the next morning when Jesus had actually risen from the dead. One of the accounts shows that his burial clothes were still in the tomb, which raises the question, what was he wearing? But we're not going there today, okay? Leave that for another day. 
His burial clothes were left in there. Why? Because burial clothes are meant for dead people. Burial clothes are not appropriate for someone who is alive. Are you with me this morning? Some of us this morning have believed in Christ. But for whatever reason, we haven't stepped out of the tomb. We've still got the burial clothes on. And I want you to know today is the day that Jesus Christ is calling you to step out of that tomb, to take off them burial clothes and get raised into new life with him. That's why you're here today. That's why you have come to this place today. You're not here by coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences when it comes to God. He has drawn you. His hand has been upon your life, whether you see it or you haven't seen it. His hand is upon your life this morning. And in a moment, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I want you to come into my life afresh. And if that's you, I want to invite the whole church to actually pray that prayer this morning. Why don't we just take a moment this morning. Do you want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes? It wouldn't be right for me not to give you an opportunity to respond in some way this morning. And so wherever it is that you've come from, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, you know that God has been speaking to you from the moment you walked into this place this morning. I'm not here to embarrass you, but in a moment I simply just want you to just to raise your hand. If that's you this morning, if you know you need to take those burial clothes off and walk out of that tomb and begin a new life with Jesus Christ, I simply want you just to place your hand up in the air just as an indication to me and to God and say, Steve, that's me. If that's you this morning, just quickly put your hand up just to, just to indicate to me so I can include you in that prayer this morning. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe you've been walking with God for a while. Maybe you know Him. But there's still some areas of your life that you know are are wrapped in the burial tomb, in the burial clothing. Maybe this morning God's doing some work on your heart and you know you need to leave that stuff behind maybe it's unforgiveness maybe maybe it's maybe it's a sin maybe whatever it might be jesus christ made a way for you to live free and to raise up into new life one last moment this morning for those of you that want to say say jesus i want to put my trust in you this morning if that's you just quickly raise your hand up awesome thank you we're all going to pray a prayer that just invites jesus into our hearts this morning for those that put their hand up and but i want the whole church to pray that just as a sign that you're maybe even just recommitting your life to him or whatever it might be so just repeat after me dear jesus thank you for bringing me here today thank you for jesus and today on easter 2018 i ask you to come into my heart come into my life Forgive me and walk with me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Well, a very, very happy Easter to you all. My prayer for you today, our prayer for you today, is that you have a fantastic time with your family and you have a fantastic time just resting in the knowledge and presence of uh, Jesus Christ today. Thanks, Pastor Shane.